It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. This is Blaze Trailer, Episode 10. Hello, Mike Massa here with Blaze Trailer. We have a special session today, a practical encouragement. It won't even be as long as normal, but I trust it will be transformational and unforgettable. Father in Jesus, we come. Thank you for deep wisdom, uh, everyday kind of wisdom and a kind of freedom to express our courage and confidence in you that we haven't had before. In Jesus. Amen. I want to share with you today, kind of building on a concept we've already talked about, Dennis Peacock is the first one that I've heard that's taken the imagery of the Garden of Eden and use that to communicate to us that we have a garden. You have a garden. It may not be a physical garden like the Lord gave to Adam and Eve at the beginning, but the first things that the Lord said over Adam and Eve was, let them rule, let them be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, that it's God's intention that you have an arena of stewardship, an arena where you have the right to rule. The first place for all of us is our physical body, my brain, my heart, my words, what goes out of my mouth, what comes into my mouth, what I allow to go into my ears, what goes into my eyes, what I do with my hands. I must take up the responsibility of stewarding my own earth, this earthen vessel. It's We will give account to the Lord for the deeds done in our body, because it's our body. And you may say, well, Michael, what if somebody arrests me and puts me in jail? Well, you're still able to obey the Lord in jail. You're still able to trust him. You're still able to obey him. What if they put me there and they threaten to kill me? Well, you'll meet Jesus sooner than you thought. But the point is, this whole concept of stewardship of our bodies is the starting place the starting place of authority being given to us. We want our children to grow up and learn how to control their emotions and not just come in and blurt out their feelings or their fears or their worries, but to learn how, in a holy and righteous way, the privilege and the responsibility of stewarding what the Lord has given. Now, as our children mature, as you and I mature, then there are other relationships that he providentially ordains. And this is where Dennis Peacock has this idea that I really, really like. It's To me, it's very, very powerful and very practical and manageable. And that is the people in your life that God has providentially associated with you. They may be believers. They may not be believers. You have a family, us, that you and I had no choice over. (laughs) We don't get to pick a family. Uh, The Lord orchestrates that. He determines that. But there are other relationships, friendships, work relationships. You may be the only believer at work, but they're part of your providentially ordained garden. At least at this point, you are directed 
by the Lord to pray for, bless, serve, love, care for, give to those people in our life. As you go into all the world, make disciples. And so I'm supposed to be influencing, you're supposed to be influencing people into Jesus, his words, and his ways. And so this picture of the garden to me is very, very practical. We have so many major chaotic kinds of things happening worldwide, and we're supposed to pray. <laughs> well, you know, I, my neighbor I've mentioned before, Rochelle Green, to my right from my front door, is a wonderful lady. I know her as a, as a neighbor. We've spoken several times on casual matters, but she is not really in our garden. And I have no authority whatsoever in her home. None. Not any. And how in the world, if I don't, if my authority doesn't even stretch 50 yards to my right, how do I deal with national, international issues that are far beyond my grasp or understanding? And this is why the garden picture, and I know I've mentioned it before, but I want to elaborate a little further, is so practicable and easily managed in our praying. If nothing else, it's a definition of who are you responsible to God to pray for? And I'm, I'm sure that even in my talking these few seconds, that you have people, relationships, people you care about, some that don't know the Lord, and you have a heart to bless them, to reveal Christ to them, and they're in your garden. Your heart already wakes up. You have a compassion that the Spirit of God has generated in you for that person. They're in your garden. And I have a list. I have a list of names. I've told you about it. I haven't told you who's on it, but my family. I have some, some a prayer team. I have uh, relationships in a small group I'm part of. And other leaders and people, some of them live in other nations. Some of them are next-door neighbors, that not Rochelle, but nearby. And they're in my heart. And so when I make that list out, and I begin to release blessings and benefits and courage and whatever God gives me to release into them, I, it's not overwhelming to me. My heart is already energized to bless those people. God has brought them into my life. And so when you can define and write them out, who are the people that in your heart there is already a divine desire to bless, to encourage, to support, to strengthen, to to Provide whatever the Lord wants to provide through you for them. They're in your garden. Your heart automatically is moved with compassion. Uh, whoever they may be, they may be somebody you don't even like, but you know God's divinely ordained that they be with you. They are part of your garden. And the clearer you can define who's in your garden, the more easy it is to pray for them, to bless them, and to hear the Lord for them. It's been amazing. There's been a, a new increase in my life in the last, I don't know, six weeks in praying for and blessing the people that are in our garden. And what's been amazing to me in doing that, in the last three or four weeks of that six weeks, in the last three or four, people on that list whom I have not spoken to in a while, and that's okay, I don't require them to contact me, I don't think they require me to contact them, but they're on, my, they're on my garden list. And in the last three or four weeks, there have been several of them. 
as I've been praying for them diligently by the grace of God, because people are praying for me, thank the Lord, and that grace that I have to pray is coming because people are praying for me. And I'm believing that as that benefit has come to me because others praying for me, that the people I'm praying for will also have that same benefit to seek the Lord and to call on Him. But several of the people on the list that I haven't spoken to, some of them in several years, they have contacted me. And I've known by the Spirit of God that it was because of the praying that they were reaching out. And we've reconnected in fresh ways. So it's been an amazing, it's not just one or two, there's five or six of them that, are, that I have not had regular contact with for a while. And the Spirit of God has opened their heart. We are reconnecting and deepening. I had a meeting with a fellow yesterday that I hadn't been with for over a year. And he called me up three days ago and said, could we have lunch? He was in town. He lives in the northern part of the country. And here he was. And I'm having lunch with him. And it was a wonderful time to reconnect and reestablish and reaffirm our love for the Lord and love each other. It was really powerful. But I want to use the book of Nehemiah to give you a practical picture of blessing your garden. There are so many, so many chaotic kinds of things happening in the earth, in our nation. And I know a lot of people are wondering, what is going on? What do I do? And so much of the time, it's just so overwhelming. The things that are present are just so um, powerful. They're just so thorough. They're just so deep. They're, they're just pressing into us. And we're wondering, how, what, how do we deal with all this? It's just it's so chaotic. Well, Nehemiah is authorized by the king to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Now, there's an interesting quotation at a certain point in Nehemiah 4. It's verse 10. This guy's reporting to Nehemiah. And the man said, The strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish, we are not able to build the wall. Have you ever seen that with somebody's life? You're, you're, you're trying to bless them, you're trying to care for them, and there's so much disorder, so much wounding, so much trauma, so much uh, stuff in the way. There's so much rubbish. You're trying to build something in them. You love them, you care about them, and you're trying to build something in them, but it's really wearing them out and you out at the same time. And he says, the strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish, we are not able to rebuild the wall. The, they don't have any walls in their brain or their heart and whatever just wants to fly in from the enemy in their past just comes in without any without any opposition or difficulty it just flies in and they just take it and yet in the middle of that practical reality they could not there was so much junk there was so much rubbish from the previous destruction and the laborers were weakening but still they got the wall built. And here's the strategy that God gave Nehemiah that is wonderful. It's in Nehemiah chapter 3. The whole chapter is talking about the people and the families who were building a part of the wall. And the whole chapter has it. The whole chapter has this next to Elishib, the men of Jericho built, and next to them, Zachur, the son of Imri built. Also the sons of Hassaniah 
built the fish gate. They laid its beams, hung its doors. Next to them, Merimoth, the son of Urijah, the son of Kaz, made repairs. Next to them, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah. And that's just two verses, okay? That's three verses, two, three, and four. But what you notice in that chapter as it lists all these names, all these families, it says, it, it might say, they just built the fish gate. Or they might say, from this place to this other position on the wall, they rebuilt that. Their family tackled that section of the wall. And here's what's amazing as you read the chapter. Over and over and over again, it says, next to next to, and next to them. And so, if my family, if your family is building your section of the wall, you're not building the whole wall. You're building your section. You're taking authority over the section that you're responsible for. And you and your family, your household are tackling that. But next to you on the right and next to you on the left are other faithful families who are tackling their position, their part of the wall. And you see what happens is you're seeing how they're doing. He or she is seeing how you're doing. And so there's this mutual encouragement. Hey, their wall looks better than ours. Let's, 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 let's ramp it up here. Let's do a better job and vice versa. So there was a mutual encouragement. I mean, you're, you're right next to each other. But that, that wall is theirs. Yours is in front of you. You build that. So it's not about you and me tackling the country or the state or even the city, but tackling the garden that the Lord has given you. You build, support, strengthen that. So in, in chapter 3, the, the first, I don't know, 10 or 12 verses, well, the, actually the verse, the first uh 14 or 15 verses, it keeps saying the words next to, next to, next to. And then in the latter part of the chapter, it says, after him, after him, and then next to him, then after him, after him, after him, then next to him, and after him, and after him. And what happened was, I realized in the chapter, initially there were already relationships that were formed next to, next to, next to, next to. But then, because of what the first ones were doing, they prompted others, and after him, they started building. And then after that one, this other family started building. And there's this wonderful, holy domino effect that's not tearing them down, but building them up. And so the next two folks are provoking others, and after you started building, someone else is now provoked to build. And then after them, another one's prompted. So your benefit starts extending into all the others. And you blessing and serving and praying for and keeping the snakes out of your garden, building the walls up, letting the name of the Lord be holy, letting, letting no undetected snakes stay in your garden, no idols, no bitterness, no unforgiveness be able to remain, no deceiving forces, and you are ridding your garden of those things. And then next to you, and on the other side, next to, and on the, on the other side of that one is another next to, and then after you start, not only are you blessing the next two people, but you are provoking others to begin. It's a supernatural thing. I believe it. 
I believe it. And, and I want to encourage you, write down the people that God has providentially put into your life. Write the names down. Put them on a sheet of paper, a card or whatever. And here's what I do. I take that paper with their names. I call their names out. And then I hold that paper up in my left hand. And I say, Father of us in the heavens, let holy be the name. Let holy be the realm. This realm of people that I live and move and have my being in you with. Let it be holy. Let it be sanctified. Let it be consecrated to you. All the relationships, all the households, all the children and grandchildren, and all of their gardens, let them be benefited by whatever blessing you can give to them through my blessing of this garden. And I know it may sound really, really Uh, I don't know, simple, and it is. But all I can tell you is, in the last six weeks when I have been doing this, I, I think I've missed one day in the last six weeks. I'm not bragging there. It's, it's a grace that God's given because I'm so encouraged. The Lord said, pray this way. Pray in the manner of the Lord's Prayer. And you know how I, how I pray that from previous uh, sessions here. I, I cannot tell you something about the Lord's approval comes. And I am aware that He is glad that I'm doing this. It has been a very unusual and wonderful time that in the middle of all this stuff, and when you look at our, our country, you could certainly see why the, the one man reported in Nehemiah 4, the strength of the laborers is failing and there is so much rubbish, we're not able to build the wall and our adversaries are speaking against us and plotting against us and planning against us. What do we do? Build your part of the wall. Find out before the Lord who are the people in your garden and bless and pray and call the name of the Lord over them and release whatever life and benefit and grace that God gives you to, to release to them. I, all I can tell you is I have been aware in a fresh way of the Lord's approval and I want you to know that. I want you to be aware of his approval. And I believe in a matter of days, if you will do it with any kind of consistency, get up, call the names of your garden out, out loud, and then release into them and over them the proclamations of the Lord's Prayer. Whatever God gives you, my Lord's Prayer now is about, (laughs) it's not seven clauses, it's about 60 or 70 different things the Lord has given me to begin to proclaim into and and pray over my garden. But all I can say to you is I have been aware of His approval on me, His pleasure, and there's a confidence in me that, that I was not expecting that's risen up in this time. I'm done for the day. I just wanted you to see this picture from Nehemiah and ask God to show you who your next two people are. But whatever you do, whatever looks overwhelming, whatever looks too big to tackle in the 
city, the state, or the nation, or the nations of the earth, you build and support and bless and protect and fight for your garden and release the Lord's blessing, the Lord's life there. And if you can find somebody else to be next to on either side, let them consciously and wittingly that you tackle your garden, you tackle yours, and I'll tackle mine. And together, the three of us will make our impact in the grace of God. So, I want you to look at that. I'm asking you to do it. I am persuaded it is a word from the Lord for us right now. And so, I give it to you in that regard. Father, thank you for your strong claim on us. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for rooting our hearts into you, rooting our spirits into fellowship with you. And would you pour out your spirit on the one who's listening right now? Would you pour out your spirit on them? Would you cause them to be smitten by your love and by the freedom and the responsibility and the privilege of blessing the garden that you have ordained for them. I commend them to you in Jesus' name. Amen. We are Blaze Trailers, and by the grace of God, we will follow him the rest of our days, follow the Blazing One, because he's worthy of our wholehearted pursuit. May the Spirit who is holy God flood you, fill you, and direct you in much deeper ways. Amen. Amen.